Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're at the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us wherever you're listening around the state or online this afternoon as we get ready to talk to Southern Miss Athletic Director Jeremy McLean. Kelly Santer will be joining us later in the show as well. So we've got lots to get to today. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, our good buddies Justin and his crew right by the Hattiesburg Mall and in a, in a Dickie's, no doubt, in your community somewhere, uh, serving up great food seven days a week, drive through, take home. Uh, things are beginning to open up a little bit, so we look forward very soon to being able to do some dining at Dickie's. But in the interim, you can uh, enjoy their great meals that they cook seven days a week through drive through take-home delivery. And as always, we uh, encourage everyone to support our local restaurants throughout the Pine Belt and throughout the state of Mississippi. Well, Athletic Director Jeremy McLean has uh, been no stranger to the show since he took over, and we're very grateful to him for that. And uh, happy to have him back on the show today. Jeremy, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. Appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on, as always. Well, we were talking before we went off the air, mutually uh, missing baseball a lot these days, aren't we? (laughs) For sure, it's uh, it, it just feels so strange this time of year. Um, you know, for 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 every year of my lifetime, for sure. You know, you've you've at some level of baseball you've been involved in. You know, involved in this time of year, and so not to not have it is a is a very uh, awkward feeling. No question. Uh, before we get to the other subject matter, and I want to bring this up because we were talking about baseball. We were having this discussion last week on the show. Uh, the baseball conference championships were, of course, scheduled to be in Biloxi again this year, and obviously everything was canceled. You know, if there's been any discussion about uh, about keeping it here next year, even though that wasn't part of the original deal, since in fact the tournament uh, got canceled this year, Jeremy? Yeah, there has been discussion, and I and I think everyone has enjoyed the Biloxi experience. I think it's been great. Um, Obviously, it's been good to us uh, from a performance standpoint, crowds, and I think that's added a lot to it. But, but just I think the entire league has really enjoyed the experience. Uh, what I will tell you is I think the hurdle for us moving forward is just how, how the Southern League handles their, their schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the past, we've been able to block off that week you know, for two or three years at a time, however long the contract was. And so I think Really, the, the, the kind of linchpin moving forward is going to be uh, if the Southern League is agreeable to do that. And, and you know, because if they, if they can't do that, then it makes it really hard for us to continue uh, in Biloxi. And I think you've probably seen some of that in the news, that, that that's a little bit of a hiccup. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that develops. Uh, maybe some of these changes will, um, you know, will, will uh, change their minds or allow them to be a little more flexible moving forward. But um, I think that's going to be the key for us on whether we can stay in Biloxi or not. But do you think the sentiment among league coaches and athletic directors is that it remains a, a really good place to have that tournament? 
Yes, I, I think if the scheduling piece works out, I think uh, I think the, the people in our league would 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 absolutely love to keep it in Bluffton. Right. Well, that that would be really good news, I think, uh, for obviously for Southern Miss fans, but yeah. but for a lot of people, I think that uh, that enjoy college uh, baseball here in the South. Okay, we haven't been we haven't had you on the show, I guess now for it's been about a month, I guess, since you've been on the show. And of course at that time all of this was still relatively new. We're right. seven or eight weeks now into the COVID nineteen lockdown and uh causing everything to be in such disarray. Uh I, I'm gonna assume you have pretty regular uh conversations uh with other ADs and of course Conference USA and is there anything new since our last conversation you can share with us in regard as uh, in regard to thoughts about football, Jeremy? Yeah, so there's been a uh, bigger conversation, and we do we have calls three times a week, Conference USA calls three times a week with the ads, and so we've actually been big picture wise, and I'll get to football, but big picture wise, you know, and, and we have our spring meetings coming up over the next couple of weeks, uh, which obviously will take place um, virtually, but. You know, we've been focused on this next year looking at scheduling uh, opportunities and, and really trying to prepare financially for what is going to be a difficult year for everybody. And so uh, we've been really digging in on how do, we, how do we affect that, how do we change that from a conference perspective. You're going to see probably some sports that, you know, play fewer conference games this year or take a fewer teams to the championship just to make an adjustment for this year uh, to help meet some of those financial challenges. But, you know, on the football side, you know, what I'll tell you is, is it's, it's kind of been interesting. I think everyone is, would love to get back at it and get started. Um, we're kind of, you know, you're in a position where you're, you want to make a decision, but you're waiting on some, some things to happen. And obviously as more time goes by, you feel better about kind of the picture that's being painted. And so for us, in the, in the challenge there is we're, we're, we're kind of looking at the health officials and, each state is a little bit different. Decisions that are being made at the state and local level. Um, so those discussions are kind of ongoing. I think the keys for us are to make sure that we've got some processes and procedures in place, and we're working on that. So, in other words, when we bring our, our student athletes back to campus uh, and they begin to work out, you know, how do we get them back here? What do we do? What do we do when they get here? Um, do are we going to be able to test everyone? Uh, are we going to be able to, from a social distancing standpoint, do the things we need to do? If we get them in the weight room, how many can we bring in there at one time? If someone tests positive, you know, what is our process there? How do we handle that? And so those are all things that are really important to us, and we've been working really hard on a plan to, to, to address some of those challenges. Um, and so I say all that to say we're getting closer, I think, to beginning to, to be prepared to bring our student-athletes back. Uh, probably with practice, you know, ideally starting, you know, sometime maybe July 1st and getting prepared for the season. And so, you know, that's the picture that's being painted. Uh, whether, you know, there's a lot of things that could happen between now and then, so that may need to be adjusted or things may need to change. But our focus is on trying to start on time and get our student-athletes practicing some point in July so they can build up and get prepared and make up for some lost time. Uh, that that you know we lost during the spring, so that's kind of the picture that's being painted right now and where we're headed. Uh, again, there's 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 a lot of things that could happen between now and then, but that's where we're at. All right, Luke. 
Jeremy, thanks so much for being on today. One of the uh, speculation and one of just kind of the banner that we've been talking about the last few weeks has been regarding, you know, conferences. Uh, what if, has this been discussed, and can you shed some light on it, what if 11 of the 14 Conference USA football teams or the 12 Conference USA football teams can play? What if there's a holdout? What if a, you know, if it's a, a state uh, regulation that says uh, that the university or a university can't participate in sports. What if they voluntarily choose to not have? Would, would the conference continue, or is it an all-or-nothing deal? Yeah, we have had that conversation, and we had to have some pretty, you know, a frank conversation about that amongst the ads. And I, and I think everyone's in agreement that um, if if one institution or a couple of institutions, for whatever reason, can't get there then that won't keep the rest of the group from beginning. And so um, to answer your question, I don't think, you know, I don't think it would be fair or wise for um, an institution or two institutions um, because of obviously circumstances are out of their control to not be able to get going and that will limit what the other 12 institutions are doing. So, so yeah, we've had that conversation. I think everyone's on the same page. Uh, we'll move forward in the best way we possibly can if we get in that situation. But we won't necessarily limit what we're doing or delay the start of season or whatever it may be uh, because one or two institutions can't get up and going. Right. Um, thank you for that because that's, that's been a big talking point. We've been trying yeah. to figure, you know, put our minds around that. Wow. Uh, also, it's been talking about the NCAA. The beauty, of that, the beauty of that, just like, every ahead, other, just like everything else, is that, you know, there's, there, there, there are a lot of those types of questions out there, and it's just, sometimes really difficult to get to to the answer you want to get to or feel comfortable about the answer and and so that's one of those that you hope it doesn't happen but the reality is it could happen and we're preparing for for what could happen about 45 seconds left in this segment uh, if we run into the break we'd love to hold you over for another segment sure. NCAA coming out um, you know this week and last week talking about student athletes not being allowed on campus if the university wasn't open. Uh, with Dr. Bennett and the talks of everybody, looks like business is normal come August? Yeah, that's what we're planning on as an institution and as an athletic department. Obviously, I think we'll be prepared to um, adjust on the fly, so to speak. If we have hiccups, we'll be prepared to adjust. But uh, I think we're, we're full speed ahead and planning on uh, having, having students on campus. We'll be online this summer, online only, but then preparing in the fall to uh, – Welcome our students back to campus, and and uh, you know try to get back to some some level of uh, you know normal from a college campus perspective. We're talking to Southern Miss Athletic Director Jeremy McLean. We're going to continue the conversation. A short three minute break. Don't go anywhere. Uh, more with uh, Ad McLean right after this. Southern Miss to the top. 
Welcome back. I want to get right back to our interview. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. You can still buy your Southern Miss Apparel seven days a week online at campusbookmark.net. Have it delivered right to your house, or you can visit the store once again on Hardy Street right across from the Southern Miss campus. Talking to Athletic Director Jeremy McLean. And Jeremy, uh, again, to follow up on a little bit of a conversation we were having off air, uh, Football in the fall, uh, we, we talked to a, a, a reporter not too long ago that covered Big 12 football for, I believe it was Wisconsin. He was he was saying that the that the, the, their conference, or I guess that's the Big 10, their, their conference was discussing the possibility of starting the season maybe without fans, but you were indicating to us for the group of five schools, that's not quite as feasible as it might be for an SEC or a Big 12 football program, right? Yeah, you know, I think from a safety standpoint, it's it's feasible. Uh, I think uh, that'll always be an option. I just think for us, it's way down the list of, of preferred options because, you know, in our scenario, from a revenue standpoint, an athletic department that's in the SEC or the Big 10 or Big 12 is receiving uh, – Forty, fifty, sixty million dollars a year per institution for their TV rights for their media deal. We're not as in a group of five institutions. We're not in that position. Our biggest source of revenue are people in the stands, people buying season tickets, people joining the Eagle Club. All those things. Those, those, that's where it really happens for us. And so, if you get in a situation where you begin to to not be able to do that, you limit people. People can't come to the games, so you you lose that source of revenue. Yet you're still holding the football game, and you still incur all the expenses that come with, with with hosting that football game. Then that's a really difficult situation for us. And so I'm not saying it couldn't happen or wouldn't happen. It, it's definitely an option. But I just think all of us agree, you know, group of five especially that that would really be um, really be kind of a last uh, a last option for us. Would a better option be if if you had to exercise an option like this to maybe Push the season back a month. I think it could be. Yeah, I, you know, that's kind of one of those deals where um, that sounds great. Uh, we have to make that decision, I think, sooner rather than later because just the logistics that go into moving hotels, trying to line, make sure everybody's kind of lined up, nobody's schedule gets out of whack. And, and if you begin to just shift things about a month, then you just have to make sure that all the travel arrangements for the teams can be um, – you know, can be modified and, and those type things. So, yeah, I think I think that is probably a more feasible option and, and keeps us uh, with a better opportunity to remain whole. Um, but it does present its challenges as well. You've had a few of those since you took this job, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it comes with the territory. And, and uh, you know, it was one thing we know about Southern Miss folks. You, you, you figure out a way to push through and, and uh, tackle adversity head on. So, uh, we're not going to shy away from any of that. Right, Luke? I got one more uh, COVID-related question, Jeremy, then I actually want to yep. talk sports. Um, about a month ago, the commissioners of the Group of Five kind of uh, submitted a waiver request to the NCAA on behalf of, like, all, you know, Division One programs. Right. W- where is that in, in – uh, has the NCAA responded at all to that? Where is kind of that pending uh, status? Yeah, so that was a, a – and I probably get the, the the numbers wrong here, but there were five or six things requested for relief from uh, from the NCA, uh, and one that kind of caught everybody's attention was 
the number of sports that need to be sponsored to remain Division One, right? But there were other things, uh, FBS attendance numbers for football that have to be hit, a uh, number of scholarships that have to be um, given out on an annual basis. And so the NCAA basically responded, and I'm going to paraphrase here, but they basically said we would agree to allow some flexibility on all those issues except for um, the sports sponsorship piece. So they said no to the sports sponsorship piece, but would be willing to accept waivers for some of the other issues. I'm glad you summarized it because sometimes NCAA nobody can make sense of it. Um, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's talk some actual sports. How excited are you for the seven new members of Jay Ladner's basketball team? We've been tossing around. This is probably the best signing class in Southern Miss basketball and uh, Southern Miss basketball the last fifteen, maybe twenty years. So there's some hot shots coming into Reed yeah. Green Coliseum. No doubt, and I, I, I am extremely excited. And I think you know Jay, give him a ton of credit. And, and obviously, you know he's going into really what is his first recruiting cycle, or getting to the end of his first recruiting cycle because he was hired later last year and didn't really have a chance to uh, to do to do what he would like to have done. So, uh, and then and then he gets told he has to stay at home for <laughs> what is what is the most critical part of recruiting. But you know he and his staff just did an excellent job of embracing that. And, and staying on these young men. And, and obviously, I think locking up um, Tay Hardy early in the process and, and just the, the type of kid he is, the leader he is, I think really ended up having a big impact on the rest of the class. And, and you know, I just give, give Jay and his staff a ton of credit for getting it done. And I, I'm really excited about what that looks like. I think Jay had a great sense of the kind of young men he wanted to be a part of the program as he moved forward. Yeah. And we've got some great, don't get me wrong, we've got some great guys on our roster right now. But just as he began to add pieces to that, I think he had a great sense of the type of young men he wanted to add, and, and he just did a great job of, of staying focused on that and, and getting young men who are, who are great people and uh, also great basketball players. And speaking of athletes, Jeremy, what about has any decision been made about the seniors uh, in spring sports who lost their senior year? Yeah, we have we've kind of handled that on a case by case basis. Now the NCA has given us the the basically the ruling came back and said it's permissible. You you on your campus, you decide what you want to do, but but you are allowed. You have a blanket waiver to uh, bring these seniors back and give them everybody in the spring basically gets their year back. And so for us, it's really been on a case by case basis. And, uh, we've, we've, you know, tried to visit with all of our seniors, have our coaches visit with all of our senior student athletes and talk to them about what their plans are. We have some who are, you know, we've got, we got one that's going to medical school. We've got one that's accepted to nursing school. We've got, uh, some that are just ready to move on to what's next. And so it won't be, I would say about half of our seniors would take advantage of the opportunity. And um, but really, it's kind of been on a case by case basis, and we've been working through that. So I'm excited that they get a chance to do that. And uh, you know, I, I think that was uh, in all this craziness, that was uh, that was a win. Uh, there's some financial com- components to that, but but that doesn't outweigh the fact that those young men and women get a chance to come back and finish their senior year out if they want to. All right, we're always grateful for your time. I have to ask you about this. I, th- I think you understand why. Uh, a lot of headlines here in the last few weeks about uh, uh, an investigation with the Mississippi Department of Human Services and some of the money from a block grant uh, that that organization was given uh, ended up uh, 
and and it's too much too much detail to go into a lot but but ended up uh, as part of the construction cost of the volleyball facility is there anything you could share with southern miss uh, listeners around the state about the status of that well i appreciate it you asking and i do know why you have to ask and, and i hope everybody understands uh when i say I, i'm not really at liberty to to add any comment to that with everything that's going on um you know i think we'll have a chance to do that later on and provide some feedback but won't be able to do that at this time i'll make one point about that and then we'll move on because i don't think this has gotten nearly the headlines that the volleyball facility has gotten and that is that a lot of schools in mississippi received some of this money including mississippi state delta state bellhaven and other colleges so this was Despite what you might read in the headlines, Jeremy, this was not just a Southern Miss issue. Yeah, that, 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 that's correct. And, and like I said, hopefully we'll get a chance to address that more later on. All right. Any, uh, any last? Bob, wait, wait, Bob, wait, uh-huh. wait, Bob. Are you suggesting that an SEC school got extra benefits and nobody is making a deal, a big deal about it? How dare uh-huh. you suggest that? I- I'm suggesting that one sold $300,000 worth of athletic tickets and, and got money for that. That's, that's what I'm suggesting. According to the wow. article, according to the articles that I'm reading, I just think it's a little unfair that it, all the headlines have, have been earmarked towards Southern Miss. When in fact this involved, if not every publicly supported university, certainly most of them. All right, Jeremy. Enough of that. Uh, real quickly, less than a minute left. Any message you'd like to get out to our fan base across the state? Yeah, I appreciate you asking. I, I think you know I, I I appreciate the level of support we've received, just the positive energy, the people who've reached out via um, email, social media, phone calls to us or our student athletes. You know, I think I think. You know, this is a difficult time for a lot of people, um, but I do think there's some silver lining. I think there's been maybe some appreciation for a lot of things, whether it be family, friends, relationships, sports, whatever it may be. I think we all appreciate some things uh, even better than we did before. And so I would just ask everybody to continue support, and uh, we're going to get back to doing what we love. We just ask you guys to hang in there with us and and, uh, continue to fight through this. And like I said, the Southern Miss folks, we don't back down. And we won't back down from this. We're going to recover and bounce back and be ready to go before we know it. As always, we thank you very much for your time, Jeremy. Appreciate you guys. All right, Jeremy McLean, everybody. Athletic Director at USM. All right, we're going to catch up with Kelly Santer. Talk a little bit more about this breaking news regarding the, uh, the welfare issue, sports, of course, and more right after this. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Sunny Tuesday. Thanks for joining us on the Eagle Hour. Greatly appreciate Jeremy McLean, Athletic Director for Southern Miss, for always being transparent, always being honest, and always being willing to uh, to come on the show. And Bob and I greatly appreciate 
Him, thanks for you for joining us today. The third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Slade White and his crew cooking up eight ninety five daily lunches. You can go on their Facebook page and see what they have on the menu for tomorrow. All that's being served curbside at your convenience on Fourth Street in Hattiesburg. Bob, just to you know, bookend uh, Jeremy McLean, always willing, always open, always transparent, never dodges anything, the kind of athletic director you want guiding uh, your alma mater, uh, particularly through tough times like this. Well, I agree completely, and as we were just talking off air, uh, had to ask him about the uh, Department of Human Services uh, controversy, Kelly Santer. He answered it as directly as he could, but we brought up an interesting point in the conversation, and that is if you read into this story more, and I read a pretty thorough story last night uh, put out by Mississippi Today, the headlines, and this will shock you, Kelly, the headlines from the media are a little misleading. They indicate that this is all about the uh, basket or the volleyball uh, complex at Southern Miss when, in fact, when, in fact, Almost every state-supported university received some of this money, including Mississippi State, which received over $300,000 in ticket purchases. So once again, you have to read between the headlines and do your own research if you want to get the total truth in news coverage these days. And it just it just kind of underlines the point that a lot of people have, have talked in politics about letting our government run our health care system. If you have a government-run health, there's just a lot of waste and inefficiency. Um, and the fact that, that this money had to be tracked down after the fact. Um, and so if, if this is what was caught, how much inappropriate, you know, inappropriated funds have not been caught, you know, have, have slipped through the cracks and have gone to places other than what it, where it was designed to go. So just not a very efficient, uh, efficient system. Um, but I, I respect the fact that you asked it, and I respect the fact that, that he answered it. And that's what, that's what a free press in America is supposed to do, ask the tough questions. And, you know, there, you can certainly a- answer a tough question as best you can without being disrespectful and, and moving on. Right. Uh, and he did that. So. Well, guys, uh, and, and Luke, uh, you talked about this a little bit, uh, the famous Dr. Fauci testifies, sort of, in front of the Senate today. Those guys sure get paid a lot of money for never being at work, but that's a subject for another show, I think. Uh, And, Kelly, you know, if you listen to this guy, you can't be optimistic about sports in the fall, can you? No, but remember, you're right, but remember, their job is to kind of be the negative Nelly, right? Their, Their job is risk management. So they're always, you should expect from them, Worst case scenarios. Uh-huh. That, that's their job. Okay, so and I think they'll tell you that. Um, our job is to make sure that we prepare for worst case scenarios and hope for something better. Which you know, when they initially put the death toll out at you know a quarter of a million people in our country, uh, and it's you know it's, there's still way too many, but but it's not a quarter of a million. You know, so but but I've kind of told you know. I've, it's, just putting two and two together, I just always have felt that, you know, that, that there will be school in the fall, but it'll be homeschooling and it'll be online and, and things like that. Now, what's interesting is that the MHSAA, Mississippi High School Activities Association, just released an official statement yesterday saying that they are still holding, at least, you know, today, 
as a June 1, June 1, return to campuses for football teams to start. You know, there will be, you know, place, things in place, and some of them were what Jeremy McLean was talking about, only a certain number in the weight room at a time, and that they'd have to go in shifts and uh, sanitizing equipment and you know, wiping things down and all those sorts of things. But right now, the MHSAA says they're sticking to their June 1st plan. In 19 days. That's what they're saying today. Right. But as we've, know, as we've learned through this whole thing, that can change at any time. Right. Luke? Go back for a minute. Um, what does it mean, though, that I just I, I hate getting into conspiracy stuff, but what does it mean, though, that is it because the volleyball stadium is the, was the highest, uh, you know, at $5 million, it's the highest item on the misspending usage? Is that why you think that it's getting all the attention and why Southern Miss is getting such a bad name, Kelly? And, and on top of that, um, is it is it fair to put the blame on the, at Southern Miss, or is this something higher that, that is like what I said going off air yesterday? The College Board, uh, you know, approved this money to be spent not just at Southern Miss but all the other schools as well. But the but the follow up that question is it was approved for the money, but was the money approved to be spent on what it was spent on? Uh-huh. You know, it's 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 kind of like a kid getting an allowance. You know, the school board is the parent; they're giving the kid the money, then. You have to tell the kid what to spend the money on. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how the hierarchy works between the college board and those universities. Um, so it, it's a fair question because everybody seems to have a boss. I mean, the university president's answer to somebody. College board has to answer to somebody. You know, well, where's the top of that? Where's the top of that chain? Well, it was easy to single out Brett Favre because he's a big name. Okay, so that, right. that was easy to pick that right off the top. But, I, but I'll go back to what I said earlier. All of the initial headlines made no mention of any school but Southern Miss. And that is, that is just not being totally honest uh, in your coverage. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's misleading. Um, right. You know, what the headlines should have read is, you know, several schools. Correct. Cited for, Correct. You know, That's and, correct. And maybe, here's and maybe here's Luke... something. Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead, Kelly. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, maybe you mentioned uh, Southern Miss because Southern Miss had the biggest appropriation. You know, so maybe that was the right. paper's reason for doing... But you know what uh, I'm saying, Kelly. You're supposed yes. to report all of the facts. Yes. And you got to dig they, way down in the did. story. They did. Down in the story, they yeah. did. Yes, that's correct. Right. That's correct. Go ahead, Luke. This is, this is what the, the article says from Mississippi today. The IHL cannot claim ignorance of this fact. And what the fact is is that the IHL Board of Trustees approved that the foundation would sublease the university's athletic facilities to the nonprofit. So that's how they got it, was that it was going to be not just Southern Miss Volleyball, but there was going to be you know an opportunities for the community to come in as well. Here's the quote. IHL cannot claim ignorance of this fact. That assertion flies in the face of your own minutes. Chad White wrote in a letter to the Commissioner of Higher Education, if the IHL objected to this arrangement, then the time to voice that objection was when the matter came up for a vote, not after the state auditor pointed it out. So Chad Wyatt, he's also putting the blame at the IHL. So anybody out there that wants to throw Southern Miss under the bus needs to understand that it was it was not just it's, it, it depends on who knew about it, but at the same time, Southern Miss would have never spent that money for a new volleyball stadium had the IHL Board of Trustees not, a, not pre-approved. These universities do very, very little without the approval of the State College Board, which is which is the, the organization 
you're referencing. So I don't know. I mean, that would be like if there were a big problem, you know, and and you're the you're the you're the head guy in a company. There's a big problem in the company. Ultimately, the buck falls on you. It doesn't fall right. on your employees. It should. Right. Like, you know, like if we get in trouble on this program, Bob's going to be the one in court. That's right. happened before. <laughs> not in, not in court, but Bob has had some phone calls before. <laughs> well, I was just saying, I'm pleased, I'm pleased to report we, we haven't caused you to be in court. So let's just no. keep, we'll keep it that way. Yet. Not yet. And Jeremy McLean, he, he inherited this mess. Right. Well, oh, I mean, he inherited a bunch of messes, didn't he, Kelly? My <laughs> word! <laughs> yeah, it's um, so. So he now has to go back and try to learn about whatever happened from way back when, right? Just to get caught up to speed, because now as a figurehead, he's got to have some answers. And you make a really good point, Kelly. He had nothing to do with this deal. Jeremy no, McLean had zero to do with this deal. And it's dry. It's dumped in his lap. But I think it was his words, and he says one way in the two segments. So it just goes along with the job. It's part of it, right? But uh, yeah, man. that's right. Well, the Fauci thing not good today. Uh, from a, I don't know what from a from a psyche standpoint. I mean, he's not ultimately going to make the decisions. But boy, you you get the impression, Kelly, if things were left to him, uh, we wouldn't even be talking about watching the NFL or Southern Miss this fall. Yeah, but remember, take it again, Bob. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, that their job is is to err on the side of caution. I mean, and, and medical professionals, you know, because of lawsuits and malpractice, that's just the way they're groomed. That's the way they're right. They're trained to be that way. So I respect that. Right. You know, um, but we also have minds of our own in that we have to weigh the options. You know, right. I, I was I was glad to hear uh, Jeremy McLean say that even if some schools, for whatever reason, couldn't get up to speed in time, that the whole conference was not going to be held back because of them. Yeah. I think uh, the biggest question, though, is how do we get one of those $200,000 a year-plus jobs that these uh, lawmakers have and not have to go to work for six weeks? Yeah, but you know, it, it pays $200,000 a year, but they, they have to spend $50 million to get that job. You know, five way of an election. And then they're all suddenly worth $50 million. Isn't that odd, huh? New math. Yeah, subject for another show. We'll be right back. To the top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. As we emerge from the COVID outbreak and you're looking for a new ride, go see our good friends at Toyota of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Kelly Sander on the phone with us. Kelly, a new proposal sitting in the lap of uh, MLB players today. Break it down for us, please. Well, the, the, the owners approved it yesterday, and what they what they want to do, they're proposing an 82-game schedule. 
with with the designated hitter being implemented throughout baseball. So you National League fans, that would be bad news yeah. um, if you're a traditionalist because the DH would be put in place with the entire league. And generally, the and there would be no American League and National League. The, the central divisions, from what we know as the National American League, would play each other. That would be their league. The Eastern Division teams in both the American and National League team would form a division. And the Western Divisions in both American and National Leagues would get together to play a, a series of games. They would expand the roster from its usual size, its usual size and add 20 more players uh, that they could call upon. This, generally, the owners said, would be to protect pitchers. And I like that idea because the pitchers aren't going to be in nearly as good a shape as they would have been had they been practicing all along. A condensed uh, mini-spring training, if you will, that would begin sometime in mid-June and to start place somewhere around July 4th, uh, give or take. But that's the proposal that's on the table. Players generally, from the feedback I've heard, uh, are, are okay with that, except for one thing that we haven't mentioned yet, and that's that the owners want the players to come off a little bit more money. The players did already vote to, to be paid pro rata based on how how long the season's going to be, and this essentially would be a 50% season at about 82 games, you know, somewhere in there. But the owners want them to come off of a little bit more money. That proposal is in front of the players today. If the players approve it, of course, they could counter-proposal, counter-proposal, you know, what have you. But uh, if everything gets approved, then Major League Baseball looks like they're back in business the first week or so of July. But the, but there's no way, really, that the players are going to go for that. And and basically because the March agreement had something in there that they agreed for a prorated salary. So how can the owners ask again for the players to take less? You can always ask, Luke. Yeah, but there was already an agreement in place. Well, no, I hear you. I hear you. But, I mean, they, you know, the owners would come back and say, well, we crunched the numbers wrong, or it's not going to be what we thought, and – we're not going to be able to have as many fans in the stands. I mean, it, you can always ask. Mm-hmm. You know, like the old adage, it never hurts to ask. But I, I just think the players are going to feel like like they usually do in situations like this, that they want to get back to work too, you know. And and believe it or not, we think that all these athletes are all about the money, and, and we all understand that. But really deep down in their hearts too, they, they want to give people what they want. They love playing the game. They love people watching them play the game. And people love watching them play the game. So um, I think the players probably at some point, whether there's a counteroffer or whatever, they'll, they'll, they'll get together on something. I just feel it's so important. And I think the players, too, it's just important for our American psyche to get back to playing our American No question. Time. And don't you think, too, Kelly, that, that not all the players, obviously, but a lot of these guys, they've made their money. I mean, they're not really right. playing for money at, at certain points of their career. They're playing to try to win a world championship. They're playing because they love playing the game. It's something they've done all their life. It's not always just about how much money am I making. That's true. But I, but I think one of the things the owners wanted to put in this latest proposal was money to buy Mississippi State football tickets. <laughs> so I don't, I, don't, I don't know if the players... They're awfully desperate, on. are they? <laughs> yeah, a matching grant for the Mississippi yeah, I, Welfare Department. I don't Department. know if the players will agree to that or not, but... Uh, anyway, all right, all right, guys. Uh, on a on a far more serious note, we uh, we want to make our uh, Eagle Hour listeners aware of a good friend of the show, Heath Hinton, who uh, runs Big Gold Nation online. 
uh, and is a, a diehard Southern Miss Golden Eagle. He's a West Jones Mustang with me. He's been on our show many, many times. Uh, he's had a bout uh, with a, a leg infection, and he is going uh, into surgery uh, just in a, a few minutes, literally. And uh, it, They were trying to save his, his left leg, uh, but they're going to have to uh, amputate part of his leg today. There mm. is a GoFundMe set up to help Heath. I've got it tagged on my Facebook and Twitter uh, profiles, and we would just encourage everyone uh, to go out and help Heath. Uh, he, he's a good dude. He takes care of his mother, and, uh, man, he's just in, in a bad uh, bad situation right now. It's going to be about a month, a little over a month recovery. So uh, just pray for Heath Hinton this afternoon. He's a good friend of the show, and, and if you can, go to, to the GoFundMe. I've got it linked on my Twitter and Facebook profiles, and give something to Heath Hinton this afternoon. He's a golden eagle, and, and we stand with each other in tough times. Yeah, no question about it. I always puts things in perspective like the fun we have here but we never will discuss anything too terribly seriously do we kelly Sander? yeah well, i mean there's a time to be serious and you know the, the time we can clown a little bit but we're all praying for uh heath today no question we'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock everybody until then southern miss to, to the, the top, Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.